Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yes, and welcome back to Talkin' Knicks. I'm Tom Piccolo coming at you with another midweek episode. And, uh, and we've got no time to lose, so let's just get to it. Let's talk Knicks. All right, we're coming at you on a Thursday, January 9th. Um, I'm joined here by, by Greg Poon. Greg, how are you? Doing well. I was on the, uh, the Sunday pod, and then in the middle of the episode, my computer restarted and decided to upload software. So it was like a 45-minute wait. So I was just out. I started as in the first 20 minutes, then I was gone. So now I'm back. I heard that. I was actually kind of worried about you. Um, I actually just listened to that podcast this evening on the on the train ride home from work, and the uh, I was carrying the team, and then I just fell off. I know. I actually stopped listening after you fell off. I couldn't even. But but I will say that like the whole tenor of the of the podcast was was a little different than where where Knicks fans are at right now. Like we were just saying how like the the Knicks were were playing well. And we're just like playing real basketball. They're just coming off that that Clippers game where they actually looked really strong in that first quarter. And you know, th- this week they've they've played two games. We're not going to do any like deep dives into these games because um, that's what the the Sunday pods are for. But suffice it to say that the Knicks have looked terrible these last two. And so with that, uh, we're going to play a little game, Greg. We're going to play a game called Do You Care. And I'm going to throw out some stats, some some trends, some whatever, and I'm just going to ask you straight up, do you care? And uh, and I'm going to hear your opinions, and, and maybe I'll give mine too. But uh, are you ready? You ready to play a little do you care? I'd love to. I play it every day. <laughs> All right. So the first thing, Greg, do you care that the Knicks got blown out by a combined 54 points on the road? That was in, in back-to-backs earlier this week against the Lakers without Marcus Morris and to the Jazz without Marcus Morris and Julius Randle. Do you care about that? I definitely don't care about the Jazz one. I mean, I don't really care about either of them. The only reason that you would care is if we traded Marcus Morris, and then you would see that this is what our actual team is going to be. So I would say no, as long as Marcus Morris is actually on the team, but with the caveat caveat that if he's traded, then I I definitely care because that's what we're looking at. You know what I mean? Well, so I guess in in the short term, it would be very unpleasant to watch. But, I mean, you have to think that Morris's value is probably close to an all-time high here and that the Knicks could actually get something for him. And, and I think that is kind of – I think that's what they talked about on the podcast after you left. Uh, neither of us would know because I stopped listening after you were gone. And, uh, yeah. and I'm yeah. sure you didn't go back. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I'll have to go back and hear what the guys think about that. But I'm actually pro trading Morris. I'm all for it as well. Okay, I'm just, I'm just saying. Selfishly, the only reason the only reason I would care is because knowing that that's what I'm going to have to watch going forward. Because I mean, you just lost to the best team in the NBA. I think maybe maybe the Bucks are, but the best team in the West and a team that is on like a 
twelve and one stretch undefeated with Jordan Clarkson. So, <laughs> a couple good teams to lose to. Yeah, those are definitely two good teams. And I, like more on the Knicks side, just the fact that their best player in Marcus Morris wasn't there, and then against the Jazz, Julius Randle, who's probably their second best player. Like this isn't a, a super deep team in terms of talent. So it's not like yeah, I'm with you, Greg. I I'm not all up in arms. It seems like Knicks Twitter is a little is a little upset. There's been a lot of people questioning Mike Miller, it seems. But, I mean, I think they're, they're, Mike Miller certainly deserves criticism for some things, which we'll get to. But losing these two games in the fashion that they did without their best players, it really didn't bother me at all. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Let's Let's go to the next one. Greg, do you care, going back to Julius Randle, do you care the Knicks are being vague about why Julius Randle's missing games. They're just calling it personal reasons. They're not elaborating on that. Like, are, are you worried? There were some rumors that he'd been, like, seen shouting at, was it Scott Perry uh, in, the t- yeah. in the tunnel? Does does any of that worry you at all? No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I'm, I'm just more confused than anything because it could just be, it could be anything, you know? Personal reasons could mean anything. He could hate the team. He could just have actual bad things happening in his life. Uh, and the thing is, like, if he's against the team and, like, the Knicks have to trade him, I don't know that anybody, any Knicks fans would care. He's been good for the last, like, week. But the, that first long duration of time where we were watching him was hard. That was a, so, that was a bad first impression. It's kind of hard to th- – those tend to stick for a little while. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, but he's been very good recently. So, it's it's – I was just like, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I don't care because if it's bad and he like has to – because I don't love Julius Randle. So, I mean, I guess I would care if it's a, something happening bad in his life. Yeah, that's well, that's sweet of you to As, say. I mean, On a human side. Yeah. I, I didn't expect you to go there. But, uh, I mean, even on the basketball side, like Julius Randle – I'm looking at the on-off numbers right here, and the Knicks are almost eight points per 100 possessions better when Julius Randle's on the floor versus when he sits, and that's the the best margin on the team. Um, so, like, he clearly has a positive impact on this team, and, and when he sits, things tend to not, so, not go so well. Um, and, yeah, like, if, if he's actually upset and, like, trying to get out, I would be surprised, frankly. I, I just think that he was probably upset in the by their loss to the Lakers his former team is probably an emotional time for him he probably maybe flew off the handle a little bit but that that happens in the heat of the moment I'm I'm with you on that where uh I also just don't care unless for personal yeah. reasons like you said that's that's more altruistic well not, now you're just stealing my answer yeah but actually we've agreed so far so hopefully we'll maybe we'll find some uh some uncommon ground here um, I, I'd say like the kind of the biggest thing that people are criticizing Mike Miller for at this point, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm projecting a little bit. It's it's Frank Nilakina's minutes. So I was actually I was listening to that pod from Sunday, the one you got kicked off of, and it was people we were like speaking glowingly about Frank, how he had that ten assist game with no turnovers, and he was just playing really aggressively. He made that swaggy three. He dunked like he was coming off a really good week. And uh, and he'd been actually he'd had several like solid like decent games in a row, but it seems like this week, Fizdale's been a little reticent to to play him against the Lakers. He only saw, uh, I mean, just under 14 minutes, 
And it's not like he was he was playing poorly. Like he was two of five from the field. He hit his one three. He took. He made a couple free throws. Um, I, I, that's all to say he wasn't the worst player on the floor by any means. And then against Utah, like he was actually kind of lighting it up. He was six of ten from the field. Had sixteen points, uh, zero turnovers, and is was playing the way you want to see Frank play. But in that game, he only played you know just over eighteen minutes. So. Do you care that that Frank's minutes are are being limited in this way, despite him like actually kind of playing all right? Yeah, I think I do care about this one because the Knicks are so bad that Frank should just be playing all the time. I mean, maybe it's this is just a a showcase before the trade deadline. See if anything can happen. I, I think Wayne Ellington has shown that no matter what, he's not going to have any value to anybody in the Knicks. <laughs> Knicks would have to just cut him if they didn't want him on the team anymore, or he would have to just be like a salary filler. So Wayne Ellington can just sit. Frank can have all his minutes. Uh, Kadeem Allen got some burn. Uh, I mean, just give those to Frank. And I know you're – you can develop Kadeem Allen a little, but, you know, he's really not – he wasn't the number eight pick in the draft. So you really got if, to – if there's any hope for the future, we got to develop our, our high draft picks. Yeah, and I wonder if the expectation is to move guys like Dennis Smith Jr., Alonzo Trier, and some of the the ball dominant guards, and then that would, if you're looking for for backup point guards, you'd still have Alfred Payton, you'd still have Frank, but you would need a third point guard on the bench, and Kadeem Allen could be that guy. Um, so I don't know, maybe maybe they're just trying to get him a little burn for for experience sake, but I mean obviously this is one of the the bigger issues with Miller so far. He's really been riding Alfred Payton. I mean, maybe it's an Alfred Payton showcase, but, I, you know, he's been pretty up and down. Like, there have been times where he's looked like the kind of orchestrator of the offense and, and everything runs through him. And then there have been other times where he's just been falling asleep on defense, completely non-existent. So, um, I don't know. I, I wonder what the market is for Payton. I wonder whether, like, the, the Knicks would – would be okay moving Peyton and just having Frank be the the primary point guard, but I don't know. That's all. That's all coming up. Um, That'd really be something. It really would be. Because uh, w- Dennis Smith Jr. has to get traded, and then sure. it would just be Frank and Frank just playing forty eight minutes a night. Frank and uh, and Kadeem. But I got so here's another one. Do you care that? So do you remember at the beginning of the season, R.J. Barrett was playing, like, point guard? Yes. And that wasn't overly successful. But in general, he was also, like, distributing the ball a lot. So under Fizz, he averaged 3.3 assists per game. And in the games under Miller, he's just averaging 1.4 assists per game. Does that worry you that, like, I don't know, it just seemed like Barrett's passing – early on in the season was like, oh, that's a strength of his. Like, that's something he can really do better than a lot of wings for someone his age. And we really haven't seen his creativity or his distributing under Miller. Do you care about that? I don't think so. Not yet, at least. Um, Because, I mean, like you said, we've seen it, so we know it's there. Obviously, we want to keep seeing it, but it's a small sample size. Well, I want to see what his assist number looks like at the end of the season. So yeah, it's, we'll, it's, it's we'll, definitely a small we'll sample. Judgment. I I just want to make sure that like Miller is putting is like trying to put Barrett into positions 
where he can use that skill. You know, like it's not like this team is full of plus passers for their positions. You know, um, so the fact that Barrett is a, is a strong passer, I'd like Miller to try and and showcase that, put him in situations and in, in pick and rolls, um, and and I think. We we have seen some of it. I just I'm just wondering if we should be, be seeing more at this point. Um, sticking on R.J. Barrett, he's actually shooting the ball worse under Miller than he did under Fizdale, which is kind of surprising to me for a few reasons. I, I guess the main one being just Miller's focus on on spacing the floor and how much more room Barrett should have theoretically to attack the paint and like get just like shots at the rim that are more lightly contested than the ones he got under Fisdale when he was just like having to muscle his way through people and over people around people. Um, I, I, I was just kind of surprised that his numbers were his shooting numbers overall from, from two and from three were down under Miller. Do you care? I mean, I, I don't, I don't care much about RJ Barrett's struggles at this point. I just, cause I, I just, I'm still a big RJ believer. I mean, because he's just shown the flashes and he's shown the ability before, unlike some people, which I'm sure we'll get into. But I like RJ. I'm not going to worry about him. So I don't, I don't, I don't care about anything negative you have to say about him. So there's like, like, what would he have to do this season for you to actually start to worry? Because, I mean, some of those, some of those shooting numbers are pretty worrisome. His free throws. His free throws are on the up, though. They are on the up. That's true. That 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 probably be the most encouraging thing. Yeah, so that's 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 why I'm I'm trending upward. Free throws are important. The Knicks went 11 for 11 from the line against the Jazz. Do you know that? No, I feel about I, that. I, I did. I feel great about that. I didn't even see that. Yeah, they only lost by 100 points. So they weren't exactly like pressure free throws, but no, maybe that's what the problem is. The Knicks. They've been too I close mean, in these games. That's the problem. Yeah. I mean, we can either we can either win or we can make free throws. Well, for d- development's sake, I, you know, and and for the sake of having a high draft pick, I want to see some free throws go down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like Barrett's nineteen. He he's he had to shoulder a huge a huge offensive burden under Fizz. It's it's kind of a little lighter, but he's still getting the shots up under. Uh, under Miller, I'm just looking right now. He's averaging about 12.6 field goal attempts per game, and that number was just 13.6 under Fizz. So, um, I mean, he's taking one fewer shot per game. Not nothing really noticeable there. It's just he got to the line five times per game under Fizdale, and he's getting to the free throw line just about three times per game now under Miller. Just like little little things that like they don't worry me. It's just I'm kind of mm. noting them as we go, like. I think I've seen some people on Twitter speculate that he's just hitting a rookie wall, that he looks tired out there. Um, I think it is fair to say, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he, he's he been a little less aggressive attacking the rim, and that's probably resulted in, in fewer free throws. But, you know, he's, he's probably taking fewer but still making just as many. So it's kind of a wash. You know what I think the problem is? Is that I can only worry so much, and it's all relative. So when I'm looking at the Knicks' last three picks – Frank, Knox, and Barrett. You just want me to worry about Barrett. You're asking if I'm worried about Barrett. Relatively, absolutely not. From what I've seen from these other people. So I guess that could bring us to the 
this other do you care here. It's it is about Kevin Knox. So Kevin Knox ranks four hundred and fifty third out of four hundred and fifty five players in ESPN's real plus minus. Do you do you particularly care about that stat? Yes. Absolutely. Can I have the do you know who the last two are? I do. I do, and it's funny because we talked a little bit before the pod. So one of them is Anthony Tolliver. Who Jake I, hates Anthony Tolliver, thinks he's the worst player ever. Well, Jake's right. He's he's apparently the second worst player ever. The, the worst this year is actually Miles Bridges. Wow. Who is the guy that you said you wanted to select over Kevin Knox in that draft, which is it's pretty shocking. I mean, that is shocking. I don't know. I feel I don't watch a ton of of Charlotte Hornets games, but I feel shocked. I feel shocked right now. Um, wow. I, like I said, what I was saying to you earlier, Bridges plays just over 30 minutes per game. Knox is down to under 20 minutes per game this season. So I wonder if just like, you know, just the extra minutes, <laughs> I guess he's just not playing very well and, it, and it's hurting his case even more. Like if Knox played 30 minutes per game, I have to imagine his RPM would be even worse, right? I guess so. I don't. Can I get a a quick rundown of what RPM is? This I don't is think like you just can. trying to. It's just trying to like adjust for the players actually on the floor, mathematically, and just trying to individualize your performance. Is that what's going on? Yeah. So That's I can, what I've always think it is. I can read the it's exact definition that they have here. It's a player's estimated on court impact on team performance measured in net point differential per 100 offensive and defensive possessions. RPM takes into account teammates, opponents, and additional factors. A little mysterious there at the end. But uh, that's that's RPM, real plus minus. Um, you know, I don't put a ton of stock into a lot of these all-up metrics just because I really don't know much about them. Um, you look at the top of the list of real plus minus and you see guys like LeBron's one, James Harden two, Giannis three, Kawhi four. And you're like, okay, uh, I I guess I would want my player to be closer to that end of the spectrum than the alternative. But like you, you do see some bizarre anomalies here. Like Dennis Schroeder is number nine. Dante DiVincenzo is number 11. There's some weird stuff here too at the top of you know, none of these stats are perfect. I don't know. Yeah, I don't watch a lot of Dennis Schroeder, so I really don't know if he's been lighting it up. I think he's been having a good year, but the problem is, it wasn't last last year. Knox was statistically very bad as well, and so this year, by the advanced statistics, he's been continuing to do so. And I mean, he doesn't look like he's doing a good job out there either. That's that's probably the bigger part of this. I guess that is that's more. It right, like I don't care so much about the RPM. I care about him just like looking not so good. And I know that that some of his defenders. I mean, obviously he's 20 years old, so he's expected to have some struggles. But like, my biggest concern with him is he just kind of plays soft, and he just does. He just doesn't seem to just play with a high motor. And I know that was a concern coming into the draft that. You know, he was kind of like he just doesn't play with a ton of energy, and and that and you see that, right? Like, yeah. I, I will say my biggest 
issue with him on offense, and I, I screamed about it all last year, was just the floaters that he takes. They're just such low percentage shots. It's like this dude is athletic. He has one of the prettiest strokes on the team. Like his his jump shot is really nice, and I don't understand why he doesn't just pull up and take a mid range jumper, just like two dribbles. But every time he just like plants both feet and flings a one handed floater up above some defenders, like he doesn't jump. Like he barely jumps when he does it from the free throw line. It, it's, it's he'll do it from 16, 17, 18 feet out. Like that's a little exaggeration, but it's. It's terrible. It, it like makes me so mad because like here's a guy with one of the best looking strokes on the team. Take a mid range pull up jump shot. Like stop doing these wild floaters that just never have a chance. And that's kind of my Knox rant. That's that's a fair rant. You know, you see every now and then he just like explodes for a dunk, and you're like, wow. You don't you forget that he can do that. He just doesn't. He doesn't play as though he can do that. You wouldn't know that until he just does it surprisingly at once every 10 games. It's always surprisingly. And he also has made several nice like chase-down blocks, some in transition. He'll block, I've seen him block shots off the backboard on fast breaks. Like He'll make super athletic plays, but he just does it in a way. Like he never looks like he cares very deeply about what he's doing. Um, and... I don't know. It's just stop taking the floaters. Just like, you know, me, Greg, I like when I play basketball, I know on these podcasts, I'm like Mr. Efficiency, but in real basketball, I can't really hit threes all that consistently. I just, and I can't really, I don't have the touch around the rim. I take exclusively like 12 to 16 foot jump shots. And so I like secretly really am a fan of guys who still keep the mid range game alive. So yeah, you're you're a big DeRozan guy. I am. I'm a big DeRozan guy. I know. I don't care what the advanced stats say. Like, give me DeRozan. I love Kawhi Leonard's game. You just, you just like basketball. I just like guys playing basketball. And like Kevin Knox has to start playing basketball and <laughs> just start taking some mid-range jump shots. It's okay to do it. Like, I I don't know. That's that's all I got on Knox. I'm spent. That's fair. This is a fair. I mean. We we all all the time on the pod we forget to talk about Knox and then I don't know that's we forget we just don't want to well, just avoid it. I say there's there's costs. a reason it's because like the conversation is not a pleasant one <laughs> and it's I don't know I'm not hopeless on Knox like he has shown he can make some some nice threes he can do it in multiple ways sometimes off the bounce he's got size like there are some redeeming aspects to him but I just. I will need to see some serious development from him because even though he looks like stronger, he put on some muscle, he doesn't play stronger, and that's the biggest issue. And that's why like, when you compare him to someone like R.J. Barrett, R.J. Barrett plays with physicality. He looks for contact, and, and Knox just never, never does that. Like when, when was the last time you saw R.J. Barrett take like a very delicate floater in the lane? Like he, he, Barrett doesn't do that. Yeah, it's, that's a vintage Knox move, <laughs> exclusive to him. So kind of tied to Knox is another wing, this guy who we drafted in the second round this past draft. And a lot of people are calling for Iggy Brasdikis. Like, Do you think he should be getting minutes? He's been, from what I understand, playing pretty well in the G League. Do you care that he's not getting 
any time at all in uh in the big show no i don't think so i mean wh- where are those minutes coming from i mean i like i think i prefer him just playing in the g league as much as he can to get actual burn um I just don't know where those minutes would come from until the trade deadline happens. We already talk about all of our our struggles with having too many mediocre players and trying to figure out who should play. We were just complaining about Frank not getting enough minutes. I know maybe they don't play the same position, but there's still that that wing one through three. Frank could probably probably try in those those areas. Yeah, the answer is probably take Wayne Ellington's minutes. I th- yeah, I think you'd get behind that. He also Wayne Ellington wasn't playing for like a very long time. He just came back the other day. I know, but they're they're shoehorning him into the lineups. He's he's getting some burn. Yeah, but we don't want that. That was at the expense of Dotson the first time he was playing, and then I know Dotson played, but then the other ones were blowouts, so it's hard to say whose minutes he was getting. Because everybody played. Trier played like 12 minutes against the Jazz. So I have no idea who's in this rotation. When you get blown out, you that's the that's the the good part is that everybody gets to play, and you have no idea what the actual rotation is. All right, Greg. So those were kind of the the main things I want to discuss. Like we we wanted to keep this sort of short and sweet. Is there anything like what? I'm sure I missed plenty because that wasn't that much. But like, what do you care about? What did I miss? Um, I think I care about what's Dotson going to be. I want to know who's going to leave this team, but I, I guess, so I want to know what dots, how much Dotson's going to be playing. Reggie Bullock, Bullock. I want to know that Wayne Ellington stops playing. <laughs> I got a lot of questions about this guard rotation and it all hinges on who's actually going to be on the team in the next month. Yeah, that's really the whole name of the game at this point. Um, Reggie's an interesting one. I I've liked watching him play. Like I know the, the on-off numbers aren't aren't kind. He's played five games, so I don't really care about that. Um, but he's hitting about thirty-nine percent from three on almost four attempts per game. So like he's a real floor spacer. He's actually someone who who gets in there and like defenses have to pay attention to and not in just like a fake way so the Knicks need as many players like that as possible I'm just I don't know like I'm all in on on Bullock I would I would like to see him come back I think I just don't know like what the market's going to be for him when his contract's up like if he's going to play his way into like a, a very serious contract though I hope he does for his personal sake because he's like getting paid a minimum right now I think he's making like four million, which is also low. It's just low. He's going yeah. to be making like ten or twelve before he uh, hurt his back. Yeah, so I think Dotson. He's a good one, but like Dotson's another guy who's kind of a fake shooter. He's hitting thirty-two point seven percent from three since since Miller took over, um, on three and a half attempts per game. So I, I don't know. Like Dotson, Dotson's always been a guy who, when I watch him play, I'm kind of impressed by him. But then I go back and look at the stats. I'm like, ah, he didn't, he didn't do as much as I thought he did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've been vocal about Dotson 
being only okay, I think. Haven't I? I feel like I've I've been trying to let you guys know that Dodson isn't as good of a shooter as he he lets you lead you to believe. He does a lot of pulling up from twenty eight feet and missing, and making me question what he was doing in the first place. I mean, he's he's no Wayne Ellington, so <laughs> I can't I can't really complain. Ellington will run off a screen and just launch it and airball it, and then do it again the next possession. Yeah. Well, so let's see what we got here. Coming up, bef- so before Sunday's podcast, the Knicks will be at home for a couple of games, at home against the New Orleans Pelicans. and uh, That's tomorrow, Friday. And then at home Sunday afternoon against Miami. You think they, uh, you think they have a chance in those two? I mean, obviously they got a chance against the Pelicans. I know the Pelicans have been hot recently, but they were also – one of the worst teams in the NBA before that. Um, we'll see if they can keep it up. Heat, probably not. Knicks played the Heat one time and was a terrible experience for all of us. That was in Miami. But, uh, yeah, that was brutal to watch. Hoping Sunday afternoon is not a retread of that. But, yeah, I think uh, I think that's all for now. Thanks for, for listening to this midweek pod. I know we're getting this one out about a day later than we usually do, but we appreciate your patience sticking around. If you're listening to this, make sure you uh, you subscribe. Talking Knicks on Apple was a iTunes store. You can find it on uh, you can find it on SoundCloud. Is that right, Greg? I, do you even know where you, do, do you know. even know where know. you can find this? I don't have any idea. I know you can find it on the Apple one, but I think it's just wherever you listen to podcasts. Wherever, that's the that's the phrase people say. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, subscribe, rate, five stars, leave a little review. Tell us what you care about. What do you what do you care? <laughs> um, and you can follow us at Talkin' Nicks on Twitter, on Instagram, all the stuff. Um, and we appreciate you. We will talk to you again on Monday. In the meantime, let's go, Nicks. <laughs>